Welcome, welcome, faithful listeners, to Podtoid 110. Uh, apologies, but as promised last week, this is not Double Dragon Toid. If you've got a, uh, a DVD ready or something like that, I apologize. You're not going to have any use for it just yet because Jim is gone because Jim is a cunt. And maybe he'll be back next week and then we'll do it then. But we, we got to have everybody around for the, uh, for the con- commentary episodes. But joining me tonight are, uh, in place of Jim Sterling, uh, Brad Nicholson. Hello. Aaron Lindy. Hello. Topher Cantler. Hi. And Samit Sarkar. I'd rather be playing Madden NFL 10 right now. You I could, would rather you be doing that too. So many things you could open up with, so many first sentences that didn't completely summarize everything you are and everything you will be during this episode of the podcast, but, but good for you for summarizing everything. Say something about sports, Samit. What have you been playing? Just, just, just <laughs> give me what I want. Take a, take a wild guess. <laughs> Go ahead. Um... Uh, so, so after beating Mirror's Edge um, last week, I um, got my review copy of uh, Madden NFL 10 last Wednesday afternoon. I couldn't play it, though, because um, I had to go on Thursday to San Francisco to a Guitar Hero 5 uh, event. And um, so I, you know, I played the game there. They had a, a bunch of different setups. Um, what's really cool about Guitar Hero 5, um, which has never been done in a full band music game before, hold is on, that... Hold on, hold on. Before you continue, I, I read in your preview, first, uh, first couple sentences. Did they really uh, cite the, the reason for the improvements of this year uh, as the uh, economic recession? So is that really the only reason they fucking improved that game? What? No. I mean, I, I, that was I just mean, my... Did they tell you that, though? Like, did they really no. tell you no, uh, they did not mention that. So you're making that was, shit up. That was that was just me being uh, tr- trying to um, put things in perspective. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so so one of the really cool things about uh, Guitar Hero Five, which is really which is new in in music games, um, is uh, what's called party play, which basically allows you to play with any combination of instruments and vocalists that you want. Um, so if you've got the equipment, you can do it. If you want freaking, you know, four drum sets going at it uh, at once, playing a song, you can do that. You can have three guitarists and a you know, and, and a drummer, or, or whatever. You know, two vocalists. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. So, um, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, party play also allows things like, uh, you know, uh, jumping in and out uh, in the middle of a song. Um, so, you know, a lot of cool stuff. So, yeah, they had a bunch of, like, they actually had a setup with four different drum sets and another one with um, four guitars. Um, so, yeah, so I played that um, and uh, put up a bunch of previews today, uh, or well, I guess you'll be hearing this on Tuesday. So, yesterday, on Monday, so if you check the structure, there's a bunch of uh, Guitar Hero 5 stuff. Um, and uh, the big news, of course, is that uh, there's. Um, forward compatibility with uh, the music. So they're doing what Rock Band did with uh, Rock Band 1 and 2. Um, so some, they've said some, they haven't you know, gotten into specifics yet, but some uh, Guitar Hero World Tour songs will be uh, able to be imported uh, for, for use in Guitar Hero 5 as well as Band Hero. Um, and they're also going to that's also going to apply to songs from Guitar Hero Smash Hits. Um, and 152 of the 158 DLC songs that are currently available for Guitar Hero World Tour will also be uh, automatically compatible with uh, Guitar Hero 5 and, and Band Hero. Um, so, um, yeah. 
And um, when I got home from San Francisco is when I started playing Madden NFL 10. And um, you can check out uh, my and uh, Brad Nicholson's uh, initial impressions piece um, on that went up at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. Um, and so far, I think I, I think it's really really good. Um, you know, we're, a full review is coming probably early next week. Uh, but uh, it's it's the best Madden yet. Um, and uh, you know, for more details, you can go read my post because everyone's falling asleep. <laughs> I don't want to say that we're necessarily falling. We just have to be exchanging pictures in the private chat that's not private and oh. you can see it of people falling asleep and puppies falling asleep. <laughs> I was going to tell a really cool story. but No, you weren't. You've never told a really cool story in your life. I, I was. I, 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 I had... Was it going to be as cool as the time you got stung by a fucking bee? Or was it going to be as cool as the time that they made a bunch of sand and then put it on the, on the fucking Times Square for Wii Sports Resort? Or was it going to be better? I think, I mean, uh, well, it d- depends on your... Definition. It's not going to be a good story, then! <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> like, okay, I'm all for shitting on Submit, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is the closest to actually angry I think I've ever heard Anthony. No, I'm not, I'm not angry at all. Oh, yeah, 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 you say that now, but I can, you know, I can feel your... whatever. <laughs> I don't get angry at people being boring. <laughs> Well, I do. So we need to we need to move it along. Oh yeah. Um. So I'll tell else? my story next time. I'm sure you will. None of us <laughs> none of us will remember to stop you, and it'll just like before we can say anything, it'll already be like halfway into the story. Like, oh god, no. Anthony will be like, no, like jumping into the front of a yeah. bullet to save somebody's life. <laughs> Aaron, what have you been playing? Oh, just what happened? Like on, on your sleep. Yep. No, well, well, it's going to be really easy for me, you to kill me in my sleep because you'll put me to it. Yeah. Wackity, uh, schmackity. Well, that's my gambit, obviously. obviously. Oh, Jesus Christ. Shut up, both of you. Um. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, I need to get on talking about the stupid bullshit that nobody cares about that I've been playing. Um, oh, geez. Uh, who, who was it that recommended Little King Story? Um, uh, me. Is that you? Yeah. Okay, so I, I grabbed that. It was also me because I, I did it. Shut up! Stuff. <laughs> this is angry toid oh. anger anger toid um yeah so on on that recommendation i picked it up i played about 10 minutes of it uh just before coming on the show and i intend to play a little bit more later um i grabbed uh uh against my uh better judgment i picked up another dlc pack for fallout 3 i got point lookout um on uh, everyone on twitter seemed to recommend that that mothership mother mothership Mothership Zeta was uh, horseshit, so I, I went with uh, Point Lookout, and I was not disappointed. It's uh, it's a nice, big, expansive world with lots of uh, you know deformed Deliverance fucking hicks to kill, and uh, that makes me really happy. Like they even go when you shoot them, which is like, <laughs> like how much better does it fucking get that I can kill hicks out in the middle of the Maryland you know swampland and whatnot, whatnot. Um, Maryland doesn't have any swampland. It does in fucking Fallout. Really. It does in real life, uh, doesn't that it? That was a no. Submit seriously. They're not really like. It's not really swamps. It's kind of like marshes, you know, just wetlands. Yeah, well, it's yeah. the worst conversation anyone has ever had in a podcast in history. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, uh, I found a copy of uh, uh, Raiden Fighter Aces, but I haven't actually played it yet. Um, Topher, you have that, don't you? 
Uh, no, I don't, actually. Oh, okay. I haven't run into anybody that has it yet, but it's a collection of uh, the first three Raiden games, and I'm happy to see that I can grab a copy of that before Raiden 4 comes out. I'm stoked. Shooter goodness. It's It surprises the fuck out of me that the 360 has become, like, the revitalized home for shoot-'em-ups. Like, it, it totally never has, fails. dude. Yeah, it never... It totally and, and fighting games, it's ridiculous. Like, And you know, um, what's it called? Uh, Raystorm is coming out on XBLA. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Huh. HD. Interesting. Um, so, let's see. And uh, more Blaze Blue. Da, 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 da. I, oh, I started another game of Dead Rising, and I still don't know why. Because <laughs> uh, it's fun. It, well, no, it is. It, you know, and the thing is, I still, I still love Dead Rising, but I think I've hit my limit for it. Because, like, all the things that I excuse the game for, like, all the things that everyone else bitched about, like the save system and the difficulty and all that... Like, I've played through the game three or four times now, and uh, now it's starting to wear thin on me. Like, now, because I know the whole game in and out, and I've done it before, like, I sat down to play, I'm like, this will be fun, and I'm just like, oh, shit. You know, like, now it's starting to wear thin on me, which I, I don't know what that signifies exactly, if I'm just getting lazy as I... You played it too long. Yeah. Three four times. I do that, too, where I'll sit down, and you gotta, you gotta play it for, like, two or three hours, and then not play it again for six months. Yeah, and you'll I think I... Up. Yeah, I, I played it for about... Yeah, two, two and a half hours, and I think that's... I'm cool with that for a while. Um, I finally uh, also tracked down a copy of Fable 2, and I haven't actually played that, but I'm looking forward to it. And I think that's... Uh, that's it. Oh! Oh, wait, no. And I got Wii Sports Resort um, uh, for their motion pleasants. And it's actually... Uh, uh, much like I, I thought after I played it at E3... Oh... Eight? No. GDC... Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, it was E three oh eight. Okay, yeah, like all, and it was it was a year and a month before it came out, which was funny. Um, I I enjoyed seeing it at two E threes in a row. That was just silly. Um, but uh, the swordplay is still fun. The ping pong is still fun. Everything else about it sucks, but it's almost worth it just for those two. Um, and uh, oh, what's the other one? Oh, and bowling is actually all kinds of fun with the motion plus like it, as well. And archery is good. Golf is fucking unplayable. It's too hard. Yeah, it's too realistic. <laughs> I, I thought the frisbee you know, thing with the dog was pretty cool. Yeah, well, and frisbee golf is pretty sweet, too. Once you actually get it down, that is also difficult because it is so sensitive to how your wrist is turned. But here's here's the sad thing about actual golf that I've learned about me since playing the golf on Wii Sports Resort. My gut hangs out far enough that I can't actually do a golf swing without running the backs of my forearms against my belly. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm trying to do, I'm like, okay, it needs me to do an actual. Because like when I played the original, uh, the Wii Sports original Wii Sports Golf, like we would never actually do golf swings. We would just hold the remote kind of sideways and just sort of swing it forward, and that's how we got our best swings. Was just by barely doing that, and we always got perfect swings when we did it that way. But that doesn't fucking work anymore like that. You actually have to kind of keep it straight the whole way, and the way to do that is to do an actual golf swing and follow through, and only bend your elbows until after you've hit the ball, and then bend the elbows. And uh, and I tried doing that, and I'm like, oh fuck, I can never play golf ever. Like, <laughs> I I will never be able to play golf ever. I'll, I'll play golf like the fucking the the goofy lady in in Happy Gilmore at the uh, driving range does. You know, where she's practically like clubbing the top of the ball instead of actually just like hitting it. She's just thwacking it. Ah, ah, this confuses me. Ah, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, once again, Nintendo, you know, finds a way to show that I'm an inferior human being. Uh, <laughs> Topher? Um, I revisited the Red Star this week. 
Fuck yes! We were we were talking about it so much on yeah. the last podcast, and it's just as awesome as we remembered it was. Yep. So, other than that, uh, nothing out of the ordinary. MVC two, Project Justice, um, King of Fighters twelve. Um, that's about it. Lots of fighting games. Puzzle Fighter. Same old shit. <laughs> Brad? Oh, hey. Uh, I've been playing Madden. You guys hear about that yet? No. What is that? Please don't, it, please don't elaborate in any way, shape, or form. It's a soccer game um, yeah. for the Wii. Sounds Sweet. great. Okay, but I've also been playing uh, Turtles in Time for XBLA, which is... Uh, I, I hear it's poop. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Well... Yeah, you know, you sign up for these things, but it's a uh, below-average side-scrolling brawler. Like, that game did not age well at all. I mean, I know they redid the graphics and, you know, the sound or whatever, but they kept the core gameplay there. I mean, sure, they added eight directions of movement, but it is uh, it is not fun. Yeah. I tried to warn you. <laughs> yeah, and I also played uh, Secret of Monkey Island uh, Special Edition for the, uh, the iPhone, and... Uh, it is a very unintuitive port, so basically everything that you did either on PC or on the XBLA uh, version is uh, straight up on iPhone, and that, that involves, like, a, you know, you have to manually click on stuff. It's still not really contextualized or anything, or anything special for the iPhone platform. I really expected something that was more catered to it and didn't receive that, hmm. and that's it for me. Uh, I also played the Red Star at Lindy's Suggestion. And I completely agree with Topher. I, the only the, the only thing that bugs me now is that the the, the little skinny chick that I play has, has this horrible combo that like takes control away from you for about five seconds. And had you not played it before, Anthony? No, I, I had. That was the weird thing is that somehow I completely forgot that that pissed me off. And now that I wanted to play it again, like all of a sudden that just really really did piss me off. But yeah, I loved it when I first played it. I was really surprised that I liked it just as much the second time, apart from that one little niggling thing. Like, I I mean. Is it like when she dashes forward or something? And it's a thing where she you, you do something. Yeah, yeah. Like where she she leans back and you have to tap the button as fast as you can to make the next attack really powerful. Oh yeah, yeah. That is kind of annoying. But I was I was sort of surprised because like the first time I played it, I sort of just casually like referred to it as like yeah, it's a mix between shmups and um, you know beat 'em up. But I was really just thinking of the bosses mixed with with like the regular gameplay. But even the minute to minute gameplay, there's a lot of like when it's really good, there's a lot of mixture of shmup and mm-hmm. and yeah. Beat him up. I, lo- I I wish there were actually more uh, characters that weren't like attack specific. Like you have to melee this guy, you have to shoot this guy. Just and like have more of them. Some of them shoot, some of them do melee. Because some of the really cool, cool boss fights where you're like having to ward off melee guys while shooting this big thing that's also like spewing bullet hell at you. Like it's just yeah. fucking great. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that game is fucking. I uh, love that game. It's a very yeah. good game. That's probably in my top five PS2 games of all time. Mm-hmm. Like right up there with with like God Hand and, and Dragon Quest Eight and I om- I almost played it just to check because <laughs> we talked about it and then I was like is it that good and then I played it and was like yep yep little, little <laughs> that is. it's just as awesome as I said it was yeah it's it's uh, <laughs> um yeah and that's about it for me I believe it's probably something else but I can't remember what it is now it doesn't matter Lost Quest play a little bit of Lost Quest which is still good just mm. if uh. If Jim was here, he'd he'd shit his pants over that game. Is yeah. it is it is it pretty good? I never got around to playing it, even though it is. It's it's like tower defense. I mean, in the same way that that 
plants versus zombies is entertaining. Like even if you don't traditionally like tower defense, it's enough of a change up from the regular format that you will like uh, tower defense. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, and Summit says that he played the Arkham Asylum demo, which I played as well, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I'm immediately started bugging Nick and Jim to be like, "So, are we getting a review copy or not?" Yes, no, yes, no, and they yeah, said, there's. There's a couple of things that worry me about that game. What? Please uh, do. Well, I, 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 I appreciate the fact that it's the first, uh, in terms of, well, at least what we could tell from the demo, what we could see in terms of like atmosphere and and uh, voiceover and everything. It was, you know, an absolutely, you know, appropriate move to get Kevin Conroy and and uh, and Mark Hamill to do the voices and all that. And it really feels like a Batman game the way that no previous game has ever really felt like a Batman game. Um, the combat though, it's kind of like. Uh, I either felt way too powerful or way too fucking weak. You know, like if, um, like in the first the first fight that you're in, I was surrounded by six guys and I totally Batmaned the fuck out of them. You know, and <laughs> around and smashed their faces together and and did awesome punches and it and it looked really cool, but there was like very little challenge to it. And then you get to that room later where there are all the dudes with guns and you have to go through it all stealthy and such. But like, it, you know, the minute that you fuck up, you're just like, you can do the whole like, you know, R1 to get away or something and, and, and uh, 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 you know, grapple your way out of it. You know, use your little, uh, what the fuck, the bat tether, uh, <laughs> bat <laughs> grappling hook, bat grappling hook. No, there's a bat name for it. Bat, bat hook, bat shizzle. I don't know. And we'll say bat hook. Bat hook sounds. We'll say bat hook. Yeah, yeah. that sounds, that sounds about right. Uh, and bat hook your way out of danger and then, you know, perch on top of some shit, jump around for a little while and avoid, and avoid danger. But, like, you know, and I guess it, huh, no, you know, that, uh, it makes sense. It makes sense that if a dude has a gun and he's shooting at you and you're Batman, you're probably going to die pretty quickly, so you got to get the fuck out of there. But I, I think it was just the fact that, that combat and, and such was pretty limited. I did like the whole detective mode thing, even though it feels like it's going to be pretty basic. Like, you know, oh, I don't know what to do here. And then you just turn it on, and then you see something that's highlighted orange, and then you just go interact with that object, and then you move forward. But it's it's definitely better, just from the demo alone, it's better than any other Batman game I've ever played. And that's, you know, that's pretty good. So yeah. mm. every single In fact, it's, it's better than... Uh, most every superhero game I've ever played, yeah, like licensed superhero game, like, except for you played you played Hulk Ultimate Destruction, right? Oh fuck! Well, that doesn't count. That's an yeah, elite, so. that's that's fucking. Oof. But every time I every time I play anything of Arkham Asylum, and I've played little bits of it, like all throughout their whole marketing thing for it, some at GDC, some at some at E3, and this demo now, like every individual part of the game has the potential to be, either be amazing or complete shit. Like it's all I think in the balancing of like how this stuff melds together in the full game because if there's actually a moment where you can decide tactically okay i'm going to take out these two guys with guns and then they just jump into the middle of this group of guys and then beat them all up and disappear to the point where beating the shit out of people isn't supposed to be like this completely separate gameplay experience but it's like actually part of your arsenal and it's actually sort of like an easy way to get shit done because it makes sense that yeah and what things yeah exactly and that's that's what worries me is that you're going to come like every situation is going to be very clearly defined it's going to be like well here you have to be stealthy and if you don't you're going to get shot to death and here you can just jump in and beat the shit out of them because they don't have guns and it's going to be like a with guns or without situation by situation basis Mm -hmm. that that works very much yeah yeah, exactly that's 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 the kind of thing that i walked away from thinking well it could be really good but it could also be really fucking monotonous and boring well, that's that's sort of what the demo like. As soon as you walk into that room, I, I think it says something like, you know, like arena or playground or, or you know whatever for like enemies. I forget what exactly it is, but it's it's essentially like tells you like this is the stealth room where yeah. you know. You're I think to, I think actually one of the challenge rooms is literally just that room, 
completely locked off and made a challenge room for like mm. separate play, playing experience. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Anthony. Since you played so much, maybe you'll know. Um, do, do the levels actually progress how the demo uh, went? Or were those just slices kind of oh, yeah, jammed no, no. together? I mean, I, I, well, I, no, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I mean, I saw the game way back in March or something. And yeah, there were like, what I saw in the demo, or what's in the demo is what I saw, except there's a bunch of interstitial stuff that they cut out in between. So it's not, yeah, so what it's you, just. Oh, okay. Yeah, as far as I can tell, it still progresses like that, but like, but like that that was a really stilted like sort of few levels to show because like so much of it is just like you know tutorial. Right. But I mean, other yeah. I think that's what it is. But the weird thing about that is that you know it's got it's got the main shit, and then it's got these other challenge rooms. And if what if if everything is structured the way that this demo is, and they're stru- they structure like individual sequences around okay, this has to work as a fight challenge room, or you know this has to work as a stealth challenge room, then I. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really worried about what Lindy was talking about before, but there's st- there's still a lot of potential, and it's definitely got a pretty cool atmosphere. You know, the funny thing is, even if they do, even if something like that ends up happening, it's still the best Bat- Batman game ever made. Yeah, and like, like even like, if even if it's absolute, Batman. yeah, even if the execution is absolute shit, it's still one of the best superhero games ever made already, just by virtue of the fact that it was. It's it has competent art design and like you know and reasonably good direction and and the fundamentals are there you know it 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 feels good and, and you know in terms of control it looks good when you're running around doing your thing the animations are great like you know when you're when you're beating the shit out of a dude and it zooms in on his face and you're, you know yeah. that's that's cool shit and that you know is it's surprising to see that level of uh of quality even just in a demo of a fucking comic book game it's like yeah I yeah. I want to like edit together a video, a YouTube video of the demo, and just edit in the noise that you just made for a slow mo, like somebody getting. <laughs> <laughs> somebody... I don't even know what noise I just made. I'll have to listen to that. It was, it was just I... a typical Lindy noise, which is means <laughs> yeah. it was great. Well, I mean, you know, even in the in the demo, the first time where you you're directly above a guy perched on a gargoyle, and then it's like you can do this thing to like yank yeah. him up, yeah. and yeah. like when you do that, like. Just the thrill that I felt after seeing Batman just like you know pull this guy up, like grab him by the throat, and then just drop him, uh, you know, while he, and he's hanging off this gargoyle, like swinging in the air, and like help me, and then his friends come like, you know, let's find the bat. Or at least, are. at least one of those gangsters is is John DiMaggio Bender, by the way. I noticed. Oh, that. nice. Oh, so really? Yeah. Uh, of course it is. <laughs> he's fucking everywhere these days. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but there is definitely a oh shit, I'm Batman like moment, you know, somewhere in that demo, depending on whether you're a, a fighting guy or a stealth guy. But all right, so we're gonna take our break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about some fucking news stories. Break. This week on the GamerCast Network, Super Metroid is one of the greatest video games ever created. Retro Force Go talks about why. Yeah, there pretty much isn't anything more to say about that. Podtacular celebrates their 200th episode and four-year anniversary as they record live for the first time. It's a special occasion as we bring back some of the old Podtacular staff and relive the moments that made Podtacular and the Halo universe. The crew tackles the Batman Arkham Asylum demo in episode 154 of the video game show. Discover the community that brings you all these great podcasts and more at GamerCastNetwork.com. This will be good because then I can bitch about Mirror's Edge some more. <laughs> a game that was ruined, I felt, by its crappy ass cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And a whole lot of other stuff. 
like <laughs> and the de- fact that like it's designed. Sucked. Yeah, like the fact that it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I still, I'd give it like, if I was going to review it, I'd give it like a seven and a half. Well, it's got the um, whole like thing we were just talking about with Arkham Asylum, where it's like individual mechanics that could be so beautiful if you just give them to somebody who knows how to mesh them together, and they gave it to a level designer that had absolutely no idea what was good about those mechanics. Mm. Do you like running really fast and feeling a sense of momentum and feeling like a badass? Well, then fuck you. How about you get in an enclosed space and have to find where, where you need to go, and we're not going to tell you because our level design doesn't really tell you where you need to go. Asshole. Now fight some oh. dudes. Uh, yeah. Um, well, that was the thing. I just like you know. I, I I said this last week where I just like I think by the second or third level I'd turn the combat down or turn the difficulty down to easy because I was just like I'm not I'm not dealing with this bullshit. I didn't mind the combat so much, really. I mean, or, the, the the really fast combat where you could like just like sprint like all out and then just like knee a guy in the fucking face without like stopping your your momentum. Like I love that shit. But when it was like, hey, you have to fight these guys to progress. Then I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Which game did you make? When you have what like a, dudes? a when when you're like, what is it like the second to last level, and you're like in the freaking parking garage, and there's just like a line of like four dudes of them with guns. Yeah. Yeah, four dudes with, with like fucking assault rifles between you and you got to get on top of this truck and then shimmy up this pipe while they're shooting at you if you don't kill them. You know, if you just happen to run past them, whatever. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Because then what it just this? turns in Mirror's Edge. Because then it just oh, turns yeah. into. It just turns into you like hiding, like putting a pillar between you and one guy, then then running at him, drop kicking him in the face, then like punching him so he is knocked out, and then like putting a pillar between you and the next guy who was shooting at you the whole time, and you know then you know rinse and repeat until you've taken care of them all. Now that's no fun. That's not what the game is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I should have probably right. saved this for the actual discussion, but whatever. <laughs> well, it's okay. Adam, Adam was probably recording, so I'll just delete the, sh- the boring parts of the uh, the break. Is everybody here now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're back, and we're going to start off with a what could potentially be a 10-second news story, which is that the guys who uh, are now in charge of the Crimson Skies uh, IP are saying that they might pass it off to somebody else and hope that they just make a sequel out of it, which means, if nothing else, that they're not sitting on it like so many other uh, big corporations do and just saying, you know what, we might make one in 20 years, so fuck everybody else. Uh, so my question to you guys is, even though nothing of this sort has actually been announced, would you be interested in seeing Crimson Skies like 2, or have you ever played a Crimson Skies game? Are you familiar with that franchise at all? Hell yeah. Um, High Road to Revenge was... Uh, the first Xbox game that I got when I got my Xbox, and it was all kinds of fun. So I would be all about another one. It's mm-hmm. it's a good series. Um, has anybody else played it? Or I've, I'm not even really familiar with the IP. I don't think I've. I've yeah, I've never I heard. Have. Of it. I don't want to say I've never heard of it. Uh, it doesn't. It's sound kind familiar. of like this. It's kind of like a. Well, Anthony, help me. You played it, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, you, it's you know, Scott, like that, the movie Sky Captain that came of, out. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. It's very much like that. Or the Rocketeer, it's got that whole vibe of like, it's the 1940s and racism isn't really an issue and everything's great, except for those yeah. Jerry's. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like everybody's super cool and everything's super epic. It's like a pulp yeah, sort you, of a thing. It's, I, I love games with that fucking vibe. That sounds box. pretty oh, awesome. I'm, that's usually right up my alley, that kind of thing. It's like, I'm telling you, if you haven't played it yet and if any of our listeners haven't played it yet, it's, it is probably the cheapest used Xbox game that you could possibly get next to the uh, Jet Set Radio Future Sega GT 2002 uh, double CD, like it's it's like two ninety nine, if that. It's probably less at GameStop, 
and it's fucking great. So yeah, definitely look it up. Sounds pretty cool. And it's like yeah. a, it's like a flight combat game, but it's not like a. It doesn't feel like a simulator. It feels more like something like Rogue Squadron, where it's just about the fun of flying around. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's it's not realistic. It's fucking crazy arcade flying. And you know, you do stuff like you'll, you'll get into a middle in the middle of a big dogfight or something. And then it's like, oh no, they're going after this big ass blimp. I have to get out into this you know stationary gun, this cannon. You know, I can park my you know plane here and do do run around and shit. It's it's actually just. It's it's really good, and especially in an era in which like flight combat and space combat games are like so few and far between, it's it's definitely worth checking out. And that price you just cannot lose. I think that, I forget if I wrote a BBL on that. I probably did, but it's awesome, and everyone should buy it. That's but yes, cool. I would love another Crimson Skies. I would love, you know, any anything that puts me behind. I, I, God, I want another fucking Crimson Skies. I want another fucking X Wing versus Tie Fighter. I want more space and flight combat. Whatever, games whatever happened to that? It was like for like during there was a period in the nineties where like every time you turn around, you saw a new flight. Just, I, yeah, I don't and know. What, what the like fuck. eight I, of them had Bruce Campbell in them, and the other were yeah, all yeah. like Star Wars <laughs> yeah, games. Wing, and, Wing Commander, and well, it's and the reason is because back in the day, those were the uh, those were the most impressive games that you could. I mean, they were essentially the first three D games, right? I mean, even before Doom, there were there was Wing Commander. If I have that right, and I might not, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah, I, think I think there was Wing is. Commander game before Doom, and. Uh, um, you know, and it's, I mean, they were basic, uh, technology-wise, they were very basic games, but they were really super impressive and very fun to play. Um, they had some, uh, if you look at a game like, uh, uh, Free Space or Free Space 2, um, actually Correct. Free Space right. 2, I think, is the, is the better one, but Free Space 2 has, like, a fucking amazing story, and, like, you know what, I actually went on a, I, I went on, like, a fucking Twitter fit about this, like, uh, six months ago, or actually, it might have been earlier, that I just, one night, I just, I was sitting there playing Free Space, and I was like, Christ, why aren't there more games like this? Because in Free Space, there are fucking, like, you're in this massive battle with these, like, this, this like, race of evil fucking ship dudes that have ships that, these massive capital ships that you're fighting off, and they have fucking beam cannons, and when they spin up, they go, like, and they go, like that, and this huge fucking beam shit. It's just, it, 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 it satisfies, like, better than any Star Wars game that has ever existed. It satisfies that urge that you had when you were watching Star Wars, like, when you were watching Empire as a kid, and just going, fucking Christ, I need to die, I need a ship. Like, when you watch Firefly and think, think, Jesus Christ, why isn't there a warp drive? Like, why don't I have warp drive that I can put on a fucking piece of tin and fly through the, you know, fly through the cosmos and fucking rip shit up? That's what space combat games, uh, that's the part of you that, that that appeals to, and it needs to come back. That's why when there was that, that rumor, uh, what was it, like last week or something, that LucasArts may be bringing X-Wing versus TIE Fighter to XBLA or doing a yeah. revamp or some shit, I shit my pants, because if they could revitalize the genre by bringing it out on XBLA or something like that, and then you know, people will actually start coming back to the genre, and people. Will I wish they would, because I I loved um, Rogue, Rogue Squadron on N64. Yeah. That was one of my favorite N64 games. Yeah, and oh, but it gets so much better. Like there's a there's a game on the PC called uh, um, uh, X3 Reunion, and uh, it's the third in a series. That's but like that game is like crazy ambitious. Like it's like. It's it's kind of like playing Eve offline. Like it's super. You do everything. You go do you you jump manually from system to system, and you, and but that's that's almost too much. I think that's too much to expect from anybody. That's for the super hardcore fans. I want something that's that's a little more casual that they can really draw people in because, I mean, it's such a fun fucking genre of play. It's just so satisfying. And 
you know, when all we have is like Project Silphied, that shitty ass Game Arts game, or I think it was Game Arts that Square Enix published. If that's the that's the representative of the genre, of course nobody's gonna make anything in that genre because right now the standards are so fucking low and nobody gives a shit because everybody's turning out shitty games and i mean when so, people talk about like immersion in a franchise or something like that there's never been a more franchise immersive game than x-wing versus tie fighter like when you oh have God. to actually learn the the tactical and like theoretical differences between like an x-wing and a b-wing and an a-wing and you've got yeah. like the sense that you're getting missions from that guy with a beard who like gave everybody the death star instructions at the end of the first star wars and yeah yeah uh, it's just so cool. I mean, it, it didn't. It was actually a game that was about the gameplay. It wasn't about making you feel like you're part of the Star Wars universe. But because it was so focused on taking the gameplay seriously, that as a result happened. That it actually felt like yeah. And and there were some like crazy, incredible battles. Like the the kind of shit that you don't get when you're when you're playing one of the main you know like Star Wars Jedi Starfighter and that shit. Because that in those games they're, they're so focused on like oh you're this guy and you're right in the middle of it and it's all this crazy cinematic shit. No no no, don't do that. Make me a fucking red shirt. In a in a throwaway X-wing in the middle of a massive battle, and that's exactly what X-wing versus Tie Fighter and X-wing and Tie Fighter all did. Yeah. Was you know like just put you in the middle of something huge and fucking epic, and you know you weren't the star, you weren't fucking Luke Skywalker, but you were you know doing your part in this massive campaign, and it really felt massive. Mm-hmm. And those were those are old games. X-wing versus Tie Fighter is I think going on ten years old, and they still haven't been topped. So yeah, yeah I mean, more was- of that and. And there's this, uh, there's this sense of, like, guys. difficulty, too, where, like, you know, in every other Star Wars game, like, even the ones I really love, like, uh, like, like Rogue Squadron, that is kind of arcadey, as, as fantastic a game as that is, just in terms of its pacing and everything like that. But, like, um, so many Star Wars games are, like, about just hitting certain fan buttons and making them accessible and, and like, you know, kid-friendly and yeah. stuff. So like, like putting the Battle of Hoth in every single fucking yeah, game. Yeah, I, I mean, like in, like, in a regular Star Wars <laughs> game... You know, in a reg- in like a regular one that was not X-wing, you'd be like, "Oh yay, a star destroyer! I get to fight a star destroyer! How fun this is going to be!" Like an X-wing, it cared so much about the gameplay that, like, you know what, a star destroyer should be a terrifying thing. So when you saw a star destroyer, you were like, "Oh fucking shit! I need to get yeah. the hell out of here right now because I'm going to die immediately." Like you didn't react to things as some sort of passive little fanboy. Like you took it seriously enough that it felt right from a gameplay perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Our next topic is uh, revolves around something Rihanna Pratchett said that we, we talked about her a little bit before. She uh, she wrote for the Overlord game. She wrote uh, Mirror's Edge, which is Summit's new favorite game, and um, she's mentioned that cutscenes still do have a place in games. Essentially, that you know the idea that cutscenes are some sort of passe thing that should only be applied to movies and that they're crush or whatever is not important, that they should actually be a part of our toolbox. And then at the same time, Jim had this interview with um, the guys who were making Alpha Protocol, and he asked them how important story was. And uh, Chris Avalone, the lead designer and the guy, he was, he was with Neverwinter Nights, so this is a guy who really knows his fucking shit because Neverwinter Nights is incredible. Um, he... Uh, Jim asked him what, how important story was, and he said, it's important. I don't think it's as important as systems design, which is moment-to-moment entertainment, or level design, which gives the system a context, but the story is an important piece that gives systems and level a reason to exist and helps the play- com- to compel the player to move forward. Uh, and I would prefer to create story and character mechanics that are game systems rather than divorced from the systems or levels. When the story is a mechanic in terms of it, reactivity, perks, missing changes, and open closing of hubs and endgame choices, I think that's the purpose of a game story. So these are two seemingly contradictory sort of things because a cutscene by its very nature is separate from game systems and this guy is saying, Chris Avalon is saying... Make- well, it depends on what kind of cutscene we're talking about, too. And she said that... Um, she had a good analogy. It was like uh, 
just because we keep hitting our thumb with the hammer doesn't mean we should throw it away. It just means we need to, you know, watch where we're swinging or whatever it was that she said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we just have to learn to look to, how to wield it a little, a little better. Or not not yeah. that we should get rid of cutscenes, but that we need to learn to use them right. And yeah, I, I and I think I think that's I think in, in that sense they're they're kind of making the same argument. Which you know, what, what's the name of the guy again? Chris Avalon. Yeah, I mean, I, mean uh, I think that's mispronouncing the name, but that's a basic okay. spelling. Yeah. Anyway, um, so well, you know, what I think Chris is saying is that you know, it's 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 an important component in you know a working system of other important components. You know, ones that are possibly more important. I think we can all agree with that. That you know, uh, shit. There are plenty of games that have really cool stories that are just boring as fuck to play or just not very good or what what have you and and uh in a lot of senses yeah it, it for me it is kind of more important that you know gameplay outrank story in those cases it's nice when things work together but like if i let, let me put it to you this way if i'm going to spend fifty dollars or sixty dollars on a game uh gameplay is going to be my highest priority like i'm i'm going to value good solid gameplay in uh you know in a competent system that that actually functions well and does what i want it to do and accomplishes that part of it well, then you know I, I place a, pr- a higher premium on that than story. As much as I fucking love story, um, I I would rather. I mean, if I wanted a really awesome story and just an awesome story, I would buy a book. And I do that. Like you know, sometimes there are times when I just want a fucking awesome story to sink myself into. Um, it's weird it's that awesome. I'm like that. That I just that in me just now manifested the old man. If I wanted to read, I'd buy a book. Argument, but like I. <laughs> In terms of valuing which system should be a higher or lower priority over the other, that does kind of come up. Yeah, uh, and I don't think it's unreasonable to say that with games because games are about interactivity, and you know, if if you're and, not, if, and, if the story isn't right. based around you driving it, but is instead a series of like just little hubs where you yeah. play, you play, you play, and then you see a yeah. scripted cutscene that you will always see forever. Yeah, and you, exactly. That's not and, the best use of interactivity. Right, and that's not to say that that games that are purely about story aren't valuable. I'm just saying that in terms of what I like to play and what I want to return to, and over time, like for example, I think that that games that do really interesting shit with narrative, you know, like uh, just for top of my head, I'm not saying this is the tip top. I'm just saying Passage, just because it's on the top of my head. Passage, I think, is an incredibly valuable game, and it's one that I think that everybody should play. And I'm glad that I played it and I enjoyed it. It's not a game that I will return to very often to play. I I will re- return to it. Uh, I'm sure I've returned to it since the first time I played it. I'm sure I'll return to it again to um, to experience it again. But it's not a game that I play. It's a game that I experience. Um, you know, because that game is not about the gameplay. I mean, gameplay is is a part of it, but it's not. That's not what the goal is. Um, so I, I think there's a difference. I mean, those games are definitely still valuable, but for a completely different reason. And if we're talking about uh, uh, games as as a as a mode of you know interactivity and enjoyment and, and play. Um, I would place a higher premium on gameplay. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, because I mean, ju- even just looking at it from a simple way, you know, it's. I feel like you know, it's definitely possible to enjoy a game that has uh, you know good gameplay or great great gameplay and a shitty story. Uh, Mirror's Edge is a great example of this. Um, Except for but, the great gameplay part, presumably. Okay, I, I said good, you know, <laughs> good gameplay or great gameplay, whatever. Um, but you know, on the other hand, I, you know, I find it really difficult. You know, for for you could take the greatest story ever told, but if you put it, you know, and you wrapped it up in in a, uh, a game that was uh, very shitty uh, mechanically, uh, gameplay wise, you know, it wouldn't be any. Uh, 
you know, fun to play. Well, it seems like uh, we're, we're sort of towing what she was actually saying here, which is that the actual act of cutscenes, the actual act of taking control away from the player and making them watch something passively is still a reasonable thing to... Uh, oh, is that what game. she was saying? That's, oh, okay. that's primarily what she was saying. You know, I, was, oh, okay. I, I, I sort of maybe drew a very tenuous tie between that and what Chris Avalon was saying, because... I see. Now, play. yeah, that, that changes a yeah. little bit. I actually, I, in that case, I kind of disagree. Why is that? Um, uh, just because if the goal is well, I don't know. I guess it it, it depends. There are some games where inter- where non interactive cutscenes don't bother me, but uh, those are few and far between. Uh, mm, I don't know. Someone else take this. I'm I'm processing. <laughs> when I think of a game it's, that it's, does a cutscene right, I think Final Fantasy VII. I instantly just default to the Eris scene. Mm-hmm. But you know, on the, on the same hand. Uh, the Knights of the Round animation was absolutely ridiculous uh, the second time. <laughs> and, and the 18th, presumably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And the 50th. But if we're talking about uh, story and motion, which I almost thought that's what Avalon meant for a while, um, I think Dead Space does it right. I mean, you never really get pulled out of the experience. You know, it, it, the narrative follows you as you move. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if Pratchett is talking about, you know, it's okay to, to sit the player down and make certain things have to happen to make it so that not everything is completely nonlinear, then yeah, sure, fine. I mean, Bioshock does that, Half-Life does that, you know, a lot of good, really story-based games do that, but I no, think... No, no, wait, do you, mean, do you mean locking, like, for I'm example... Sa- I'm, saying, I'm saying in Half-Life, even though it feels like you're still in control of Gordon Freeman, in Half-Life, you know, Episode 2, when you're just getting briefed on something, even though you can walk around uh, Eli Van oh, okay. and touch so stuff, not, not it's still you're... technically a cutscene. But I'm saying, yeah. if, if she's saying that it's okay to sit the player down on a quasi-frequent basis and like put bars on the top and bottom of the screen and have a button that you can skip everything and, and basically just sort of have a movie at the player, I, it seems way too easy to me. Yeah, well, and, you know, I think actually uh, my... I, I tend to recoil in horror at the thought of a first-person game being pulled out of the first person. Like, uh, too many games have done that way too well now. Like, that's become... You know, with a lot of games, that seems to have become the gold standard. To where, you know, if you want to do an effective cutscene or something, you keep the perspective in the first person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and- even even uh, the darkness did that, which wasn't by most standards a very good game. I thought the way that it handled the cutscenes was really well done, and that it never really took control away from you. I mean, it would sort of lock you into that spot where it forced you to look at what what they wanted you to see, but you still felt like you had a little bit of control. Mm-hmm. And it didn't completely rip you out of the experience. But on the other hand, uh, the cutscenes in Halo were magnificent. Were they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they told a story and they told it well. Uh, and even though it pulled you into third person or pulled you out rather, um, you know, it never bothered me. It never dawned on me. I never had this moment where I was like, "Damn it, I'm not in first person." You know. Well, I think the thing that's kind of cool about staying consistent is that if you're relatively consistent with a, a, a character's like mindset, then I think you can get away, away with a lot more stuff. Like you can trick me into believing more things when I sort of can't see the strings, and it's like, okay, everybody, this is time for a cutscene. Now it's time for a you know uh, a part where you can actually control stuff. You know, where it, it it's like this is a bad example because MGS four like dicks around with both a lot. But, you know, if you're going to sort of trick me into thinking that I'm in a regular sort of um, gameplay environment where I, I, it seems like I actually have full agency over things, and then surprise, it's actually sort of a cutscene, I think that's a lot easier to pull off with, with something like, um, you know, complete, consistent first person. Because Half-Life does that a couple times, and to great effect in my view, and 
like that we, we talk about this every once in a while, but the, the white forest fight where it's like certain things are controlled, certain things aren't. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But okay, so so there's this whole thing of like I was actually talking with someone about this a while ago that you know we're, we're saying that cutscenes are bad, taking control away com- completely for the most part, apart from uh, the way Brad feels about Halo. But you know we, we talk about Metal Gear a lot, and I apologize for bringing it up again, but it's actually sort of necessary to this discussion, I think, because we care about Solid Snake, and we care about Solid Snake because in the '90s we learned about him through cutscenes, and we weren't looking out from his eyes, we weren't playing as ourselves, we were playing as Solid Snake, and. When, when Metal Gear Solid 4 comes out now, it feels weirdly sort of um, old school in the sense that like cutscenes were okay thing to do back when Metal Gear Solid 1 came out, but Metal Gear Solid 4, it seems a little passe and weird to have cutscenes that long. But the, that's, that's how we came to learn about Solid Snake as a character, and that's how we came to like him. We, he's not Gordon Freeman, you know, he's Solid Snake, he's this singular entity. And so if cutscenes aren't the cool thing to do anymore, if we're not allowing that kind of shit to happen, does that mean that we're not going to have any more protagonists that are kind of like Solid Snake? Because our protagonists that we like, that we're talking about in terms of no cutscenes ever because I want the, the, you know, the, the perspective to stay consistent, sort of require some degree of like, okay, I'm just this guy and he's not yeah, a Yeah, see, that's, that's the reason that I kind of feel on the fence about it is because it, it's, again, there, you know, there are games that do it successfully. And, and I think that having the, fir- the third-person perspective on occasion, even if you are in a first-person game, uh, is important if you want to create some sense of uh, uh, attachment to the character, to the, to the lead protagonist that you're playing as. I mean, if it's a nameless, faceless character, like if you're playing like, you know, a character that you created, it's not not that important. In fact, in those games in which I've created a character and then it, you know, that creator, like uh, Mass Effect, uh, for example, even though that character is a definitely predefined character, Shepard, no matter which version of Shepard that you play, there are really only three different kinds of characters that Shepard can be. And you can either be the asshole Shepard or the neutral Shepard or the good Shepard, um, but they all kind of play out in the same way and the dialogue options are always the same. And you feel the way, that way about that character no matter what. Um, it's that character has been predefined, but the fact that I created it makes it really kind of weird. Like it, like if I make the ma- like a character in Mass Effect try like kind of look like me or something like that, um, or uh, you know find the one that looks most like me. It's it it just it, I, it there's a weird disconnect that goes on. But if it's a if it's a character that is part of of some kind of like you know like Solid Snake, uh, that is important. So it's I don't know. It's a fine line. But but then again, Gordon Freeman is definitely a character that has certain. Well, no, he doesn't really have any characteristics, does he? He has a backstory, and that's pretty much it. And the backstory doesn't even make sense of the gameplay because it's like, oh, he's a theoretical physicist, and like, what? When, how, how often have you have you? Yeah, how often have you had to do any math equations in, in Half Life Two? <laughs> I don't know. That's that was in the unreleased expansion. <laughs> well, there's that there's that one line when that one scientist at the beginning of the game in Half Life One is like, "With my brains and your brawn, there's nothing we can't do." It's like, dude, you work with me. I'm a theoretical physicist. <laughs> Give me my brawn. Why are you being an asshole? But yeah, I don't know. It's it's something that interests me a lot and kind of kind of confuses me about this kind of shit. Submit, you haven't weighed in, and you wanted to talk about Mirror's Edge a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a game that. Uh, Pratchett wrote, um, and well, I, like even outside of of the quality of the story itself, which I, I thought you know the story was lame, um, uh, I really really felt, and I, I, I I'm just a sort of rehash from last week, but I really really felt that that the you know by taking you out of first person, and especially by putting you or by showing you these you know crappy 2D uh, flash animation cutscenes. Um, it you know that that sort of really uh, left a bad taste in my mouth, and and um, it's 
it's obviously uh, it's more work for for a developer to, um, or you know, it, it's it's more difficult I think to to keep something in first person as opposed to you know merely uh, putting together a, a a movie that plays while you sit there and watch you know and you, and you sit there and watch it, um, but. But you know, if Dice had gone the extra mile and kept the whole game in first person, you know, I think it would have been a lot more effective. Um, Do you think there uh, still would have been a little bit of weirdness because Faith already has all these pre-established relationships with the characters in the world, and that she's not? Because because when you're you know when you're consistently in a first-person perspective, that seems to to some de- degree imply that you as the player are sort of imprinting yourself onto a quasi-blank slate. But Faith had all these pre-existing relationships. Do you think that staying consistent would still have improved that, or would it have added more shit? Or what do you think? Well, I, I mean, well, there's that uh, the really cool shot at the uh, the end of the demo, or the end, you know, it's, it's the the first level, I guess, in the game, um, where you know you jump onto the helicopter and then it it pulls it, it uh, the camera turns around and you know you're reflected in this um, in the, this glass building, um, but you know, obviously, we all we all knew what, um, like you know, Faith's not this, like as you're saying, not not this sort of uh, faceless hero. Um, we we all knew what she looked like from the game's marketing and whatnot, and, and videos and things like that. Um, but we also all know what Gordon Freeman looks like, right? I mean, he's on the box for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that you know that because of the way the story is told in Half Life, um, and even if you know, like there are the parts where there, are, I guess, technically you could call them cutscenes, where like you know, you first walk into City 17, and, and then the camera just sort of, or you know, you're, you're they have this scripted sequence where your 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 head looks at certain things, or, or just sort of looks around and whatnot. Um, oh, that that never happens. Actually. Yeah, that never happens. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. You're you're never forced to look at anything in Half Life Two. Yeah. In fact, there's only one point in the original game in which your vision is even restricted, and that's when you're in the uh, in the lockdown mechanism near the end of the game, in which and even that you can only look so many degrees if the right or left, but you're never actually forced to look at anything in the game. Okay, I'm, I must be thinking of that's weird. Okay. Um. Well, in in any case, they have you. I mean, but they've designed that game so that you look at certain things. Like not, it doesn't force you to, but like, yeah, the uh, art direction and stuff points to certain things subtly, right? It tries yeah, to yeah, convince yeah, exactly. you to look okay. at them rather than force you. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Um, so, but but uh, but anyway, but um, going back to Mirror's Edge, um, like they could have, I felt totally done away with the the two D flash, um, the two D cutscenes in that game, and and you know. Th- they could have they could have just told the story that way, um, and even without it being like it, it wouldn't have had to been like oh I am faith, but I just I just felt like telling the story that way would have been more effective in terms of you know just from a story perspective. Well, I mean we we sort of had this conver- this conversation before when Rihanna Pratchett talked about um, games writing and stuff like that, but it's 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 a little bit weird to hear Pratchett say that this is what games writing should and shouldn't be because I haven't. I mean, as much as I do like aspects of Overlord Mirror's Edge, she's she's not you know the best games writer out there. I would I would love to hear you know Chet Falzek and 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 uh, what's his face. Old well, think about block. the think about the studios she's working for though. I mean, come on, Overlord Two and, and the guys that made Battlefield. Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm sure they're not putting the games together because from what I've learned, uh, most studios don't do the story first. This is post hoc stuff. Like I put together these levels, patch it up. You know? That's Write a story around it like a like a tortilla. Right. Yeah. 
All right. Um, so our final news story tonight, or our sec- maybe maybe not our final. There was, some- was there something else you wanted to bring up, Submit? I can't remember now. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't know if we talked about this or not, but I, I've sort of wanted to, I guess, discuss uh, the recent spate of uh, of game delays. You know, every, it feels like everything's being delayed in 2010. Um, I just sort of want to get your your guys' opinions on you know whether or not uh, all these games being delayed is is a good thing, or you know if if you know you feel as if there's nothing left in the fall all of a sudden, or you know what. So yeah, that's, I was kind of wondering. Well, uh, I think well, it's a good thing if they're being delayed because someone's working on them. Yeah, totally. Well, are they, is that if why? If they're delayed or? so that some... Well, I mean, like, um, what is it? Heavy Heavy Rain, for instance, is delayed until early 2010 because um, they said they didn't want to release it around Christmas time because there's so much other shit coming out. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they feel that the game deserves its own sort of stage. That's what, I, that's what I keep hearing is that people are just scared of being in Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty <laughs> Modern Warfare 2 Shadow. Is that a lot of it? Or is that, that, uh, that, that could, Boyd? Oh, sorry. But they they said that um, in the me- that they're delaying it, and that's the reason they're delaying it. They admit to that, but they said that in the meantime they will be adding polish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm okay yeah. with that as long as they're still doing something to it. Don't you know? Don't tell me in July. Oh, this isn't coming out until March. It's done, but you just can't have it because we don't want to release it yet. Don't that's bullshit. Right. Well, that's what they did with with Bayonetta, right? That game is coming out in Japan this year, but it's not going to come out here until like Right. If you're I mean, if you're yeah, if you want to if that's a, the main reason you want to delay it, I'm fine with that, but do something to it in the meantime. Don't just finish it and put it away on a shelf to collect dust until you're you feel like releasing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of bullshit. Well, I'm I'm I am a little bit happy that you know, if they, if if everyone decides to delay everything at the same time, that's fine. So long as it doesn't, so long as that means that we're not bottlenecking all the releases at the same time now, just so we can bottleneck them all at the same time later. Right. That's I, I hate that. Like if they if that if they're not doing it all at Christmas this year, just so they can spread it out throughout the year next year, fantastic. But if they're gonna, you know, say, well, we don't want to be up against games A, B, and C now, just so they can be up against games D, E, and F later. Then yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like. You know, there's a ton of shit that's been delayed uh, into next year, but all of a sudden, you know, the first half of 2010 is looking freaking crowded, like really, really crowded. Yeah. Um, if all the st- like, assuming that all the stuff that was delayed in 2010 comes out in the first six months of that year, you know, um, like what? There, there's all the the um, the 2K games. I mean, I don't, I don't know the Red Dead. Red Dead Redemption and Max Payne 3 are going to come out in the first half of 2010. But, um, you know, uh, uh, like, with Splinter Cell Conviction, like Mafia 2 and Bioshock 2 and um, Bayonetta and Dark Void and, and, you know, the list goes on and on. But all these games, if they're going to be, you know, just creating, again, another bottleneck in the first half of next year, then, then, you know, what's the point? Because I'm happy, to be honest. I'm happy that the the release... uh, releases for, for this year, sort of, the field is thinned out, um, because I don't have a lot of money to buy all these games. Totally. Uh, you know, uh, and, and now I can really sort of just focus, and, and I'm like, alright, I'm going to save up, and I'm going to get, like, Modern Warfare 2, and Uncharted 2, and Brutal Legend, and that might be all I have money for, but that's okay, because not much else that I want is coming out this year all of a sudden. But then maybe next year, now it's going to be like, you know, fucking uh, God of War 3 and Heavy Rain, um, 
and and Bioshock Two and Dark Void and you know all this other stuff. All right. Uh, well, then our very very last bit of uh, of uh, news is that Bobby Kotick, the uh, CEO of Activision, had mentioned sort of offhandedly in an interview oh, in yeah. that uh, you know if yeah, the- it, was, it was a conference call, I think. Oh. Yeah. Or sorry, sorry, conference call. Um, he mentioned that you know if he could, he would he would raise prices on games. He's he's sort of irritated he can't charge uh, as much as he is for games. And so now the obvious populist response to this would be to say fuck that guy. He's a greedy little bitch. He's an asshole. Fuck him. But do you guys think that any of the blame for this is on? I mean, because you know people there there's a ban going on in a or not a ban of a petition in Europe to uh, you know petition the uh, Modern Warfare two. Uh, price, which is higher than it is in, in the U.S. And do you think that those people who are doing that petition are probably still going to end up buying it no matter what they price it at? Do you think that people are still rewarding uh, people for, for treating them like shit, for rising the, rising the prices of, of six, you know, to $60 and beyond for games that probably don't need to be that, that expensive? Or do you think that it just comes down to these guys being greedy assholes and they should be nicer, nicer to the consumers? Or is it the consumer should be more ballsy and not buying stuff? I, that was horribly, horribly phrased, and I apologize. <laughs> um, I think this guy should be hung, and Activision in general can snack on a dick. <laughs> yeah, as a little, as a little addendum to to this news story, uh, Forbes revealed that uh, Bobby Kotick's um, total earnings last year were just under fifteen million dollars. Hmm. Just, just, just as a little note there. Well, you know, he's not he's not standing to well, okay, he's standing to profit a little bit personally from uh from this, but um I think he actually uh, well, I don't know, I can't speak for a lot of people in the industry, but but given the way that revenues are slipping, that's that's it's not a terribly uncommon sentiment right now within development. And I or not within not within development, but rather within the publishing circles. Um uh so it's, you know, take that for what you will, but I mean it's uh, yeah, I'm not terribly keen on it either. I think I think 60 is a bit too much, especially with the kind of revenue that some publishers are pulling in. But I, I, I don't know. What, what? How much money is too money? Too much money? How much money is too money, Anthony? What the fuck is going on with me tonight? How much is too right. much to pay for a game? At what point do you draw the line and say no? No matter how much I'm looking forward to the that's game, not. Right? I don't. I don't think that's even the. Um, I mean, not to shoot you out of the sky with no, what you're fine. saying. Go ahead. But, Please do. But I'm just. <laughs> Coming from a guy that made $14 million last year? No. No. <laughs> yes, $60 is too much. But do you pay $60 for games? I do, but well, what would you, what <laughs> I'm would you... pissed about it now that I know that motherfucker made $14 million last yeah. year. Well, would you, would you ever stop paying that kind of money? Because the only way that stuff would ever presumably stop is if we stopped paying for it. But like, what, at what point... That's never going to happen. That's well, never hold on, no, no, no. But the, when... the thing is, there there are a lot of games that I've that I've picked up that I didn't buy for sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like fucking Eat Lead was one of them. I mean, granted, that game wasn't really you know ever going to uh, be sold for you know at at high levels for for sixty bucks. But I mean, I, I think a lot of us do it to some degree. I mean, we look at a game, we're like, well, I'm not really up you know for that right now. I'll pick it up when it you know when there's a price drop or when I can find it used for cheap. Yeah, um, everyone does that. That's a... everyone everyone does that. So there is a bit of voting with your wallet there. Uh, yeah. But 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 for the big you know for the marquee games, I mean, no one does that. Yeah. You know the thing is if you I mean the people who really want Modern Warfare ninety I mean I mean ninety five percent of the people that want Modern Warfare are going to buy it the day of release. 
you know, and or buy it as soon as they can afford it. And then everyone else is probably going to, you know, there are probably very few people that for the marquee releases that are being super, super overly hyped right now. Not to say that, that, that these games don't deserve the hype. I'm just saying those games in which are experiencing the full force of the marketing machine, you know, uh, not many people are making that kind of, like, trade-off, like, where they're, you know, like, oh, I should... They're either not going to get it or they're totally going to fucking get it immediately, you know? Yeah, we as a market kind of take that line down. It's just like, well, if that's what yeah, it is, do. that's what i got to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's also that issue with, you know, every uh, every gaming generation, the price goes up 10 bucks magically, right? PS1 games are 40 bucks, PS2 games are 50 bucks, and now PS3 games are 60 bucks. No, PS1 yeah, games back, in, back in the day, like, NES games were 70, 80 bucks, some of them. Yeah. Hell, there are right. more than that. Really? I, I mean, mean, all the like Final Fantasy games were like sixty, seventy dollars. Yeah, Earthbound was eighty. Uh, Street yeah, Fighter, yeah. Street Fighter Two, the original Street Fighter Two was seventy-five. Right. No, I mean, I'm just, but I'm just saying, like, I, like, in terms of, like, once it was sort of normalized and and, and set, like, like, I remember most PS2, PS1 games, excuse me, um, being thirty-nine ninety-nine, and then once he moved, how to many PS2, times did minimum wage raise during this period? Fucking <laughs> once, maybe. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Not not that much. Um, I mean, I, and I'm not saying like it's like, like I, it, I'm sure there are reasons behind it, and I, you know, it, it's not arbitrary or whatever. But but um, I mean, sixty dollars is like I, I feel like it's you know the upper limit for for me. Um, but then of course, so, well, I mean, let, if, let's, if, let's talk specific numbers. Okay, Uncharted Two comes out. Let's say next week. What number? Do you stop paying for even if you consider this a marquee lease, which I understand you do submit? At yeah. what price are you not willing to pay for 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 an immediate copy? Yeah, I mean, but you can't like that's not a, you can't really ask that because I know that the market value of that game, or rather the the suggested retail price or whatever, is sixty dollars. So like, why would I say I would pay more for that? Nah. Well, I'm just saying, like, like, it's like you know, in, in a hypothetical situation where. The, the market price is different. Like, let's say that, you know, in, in 10 years, the market price is X, and Uncharted 3 comes out, and you still like Uncharted 3 as much as you like Uncharted 1 and 2. You know, mm-hmm. what number, what, what price on the opening day of Uncharted 3 coming out are you not willing to pay to get your hands on that game immediately? Because, because if you're going to buy it used or something, even if you end up buying it used, you're still voting with your wallet, as Aaron said before, because you're not giving them that day one money that goes directly mm. to them. You're filtering it through GameStop or Guzex or whatever. At what price are you not going to say? You're going to say, you know what, not now. Yeah, well, I mean, first, I, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, like, I, I don't really buy used games. I don't buy used games in general. $80. But, um, Would you buy it yeah, for like, $80? I'd, I'd say, like, I mean, if, if we're saying 10 years in the future and, like, oh, technology is better and what's fucking... Would you buy it for 80 14 p I'd say, like, $75 is about... I, I you know... What about you? Like, what about the rest of you? I say X plus one dollar. Sixty-one dollars is too much. So if, six, so if, if, the, is, if the norm was seventy in ten years, then seventy-one dollars is too much. But seventy is yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there, whatever. The, I've, there are games sorry. that I've bought, that I've paid sixty dollars for that weren't really worth sixty dollars. But that's the going rate, and I kind of just suck it up and pay it. I mean, yeah. that's the way it is. I mean, it, I, I don't want to debate. What game is worth sixty bucks and what's not? But for this motherfucker to say it, they should be more, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm Especially just saying, like, with looking at your own fucking bank, what the, the fuck do you need more money for? Yeah, it's not like Activision is hurting for for cash. Um, 
but but uh, I, I mean, I, I would say like you know, like Topher. I mean, I'm saying 75. I'm just sort of pulling that number out of my ass because uh, you know, whatever the again the going rate is in that generation, like that's what the game should cost, right? I mean, if it's not like a super like a special edition. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if it's yeah. if everything out there. Everything else out there is sixty dollars. Like, what are you offering me that I should pay more for? Yeah. Because it's popular, fuck you. Because it's hyped, fuck you double. <laughs> I, I think I think the the sort of the more interesting question is, you know, how lo- how much longer is this, you know, sustainable in terms of the the ten dollar increase we've had for every generation. You know, at what point are, are sort of you're gonna are you gonna start to see a, a decline in in sales because people are like, whoa, video games caught like they all cost eighty dollars now. Whoa, I'm gonna like no, no, fuck that. Well, that's what I was trying to get to by asking you that thing. Oh, okay. yeah, you, I don't you, think you just phrased it much more accurately than I did. <laughs> um, Unless there's some sort of like, you know, economical fucking. Something explodes and we're all millionaires. I, that, that shit's not going to happen. I mean, it might, but I don't think anybody's going to be. If shit still costs what it does, I don't think anybody's going to be willing to pay eighty dollars for a game. And if they do, shit's going to be cutthroat. It's going to be a nasty industry. It's going to be a nasty world to live in because then you're really going to see the whole like nobody taking any risks and all that mm-hmm. type of thing. Right on. Guitar right. Hero 72. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know there are 12 Taiko Drum Master games? We complain about like sequels and shit. There are 12 Taiko Drum Master games. Well, In how, the how arcade. Many, yeah, I mean, how, how many DDR games are there? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to ask. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's fair. Okay, You're talking so, about an arcade cabinet, though. That's, that's you know... It's, yeah, it's a little different. bit different. It is a little bit different. All right, so questions. Submit, you wanted to open with questions that we got emailed to us that I kept forgetting to ask on air because I'm inconsiderate. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll just go with this one uh, from... Uh, uh, I'm Indian, so I should pronounce this right, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> Satish uh, Nair, uh, do you think it is okay for people to, uh, he puts this word in quotes, appreciate games but not enjoy them? Or do those people just have bad taste, not know what they're talking about, cannot be trusted, and should, not, and should be shot on sight? Did she? <laughs> did he or she uh, further sort of explain what that meant by appreciate uh, but not enjoy? Uh, he he um, went into it earlier, but I didn't I didn't copy that down because there was stuff on there. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, well, fine. Here, I found it. So <laughs> too many, too much words. <laughs> yeah. So, like, well, submit, yeah, submit has ever had a problem with too much words. <laughs> right. So he goes. Um, you know, people make comparison from video games to books. Do you think appreciation is enough for a video game? Because he says he has friends who appreciate Half-Life 2, but don't exactly enjoy it as a game. Like, they respect it and appreciate it for pushing video games as a medium and evolving the FPS genre. Um, but then he, then he says, um, in other mediums, this doesn't fly at all. If you didn't enjoy The Godfather or Blade Runner as movies, but you appreciate what they did for film, you aren't really given the same free pass you get in video games. And I would argue that that's, I mean, that, that doesn't that, sound true to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me either. I, I know a lot of people who appreciate Blade Runner but don't enjoy it because it's a slow ass fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're watching the one with the stupid ass fucking narration. narration. Yeah. But I mean, 
I, th- I think you can do it. I mean, I would love to see more games that sort of are meant to be taken in that way, or, or have the possibility to be taken in that way. Like, I, I, f- I find it weird that people could like a- appreciate but not like Half Life Two just because it's a pretty well paced, like generic action game in certain in certain respects. But I mean, that's that just goes into my whole thing about like games don't need to be fun that everybody's tired of hearing of by now. Anybody else who's, who's not me or something? I don't have any problem with that. I there are games that I appreciate that I don't enjoy playing. Like what? For, for sure. Um, hmm. Way to put him uh, on the spot, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being on the spot on a podcast where you're touted as a personality who's worth listening to. Yeah, thanks for that, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> when you say you don't appreciate it, like, is it because the gameplay's not good or because the gameplay's intentionally like trying oh, to... I'm saying, I'm saying that I do appreciate some games, but there are games that I just don't enjoy. Like, uh, hmm, fuck. Lips. I have a total fucking brain fart now. Uh, Killer7 is a good example for me. That I, I like the game, and I liked it kind of the first time I played it. I don't think I'll ever replay it, though. And uh, and it's one of those games that I can definitely appreciate, uh, but just kind of don't really enjoy playing anymore after the first time. So that kind of fits into that category for me. But, yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree with Anthony. I think there are plenty of... Well, I agree with all of you guys. I think there are plenty of movies that, you know, and, and situations which I've heard people say, you know, oh, well, I appreciate this movie, and it's totally okay. Um, you know, I Silent think that's Hill acceptable. 2. Silent Hill 2, maybe. Yeah, that's the, another one. The base gameplay of Silent Hill 2 is... Is fucking terrible. You go around, look around this map, find open every door you can get near and then find out it's locked and then there's one that's got a very special lock that you can open but you have to backtrack to a different area of the map and then find the thing that unlocks that door and what happens when you unlock that door anybody anybody you get another unlocked door that you have to go around <laughs> like that's all it is but yeah. the the like the stuff that it does with the the metaphor the mechanics and certain like the whole environment as you know the internalization of like james sunderland's psyche like this whole thing is a mind trip is like brilliant it just happens to be wrapped up in horrible 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 gameplay but i still think overall it's a it's a good enjoy not enjoyable because it's not supposed to be but a good appreciable game yeah and and to sort of uh turn this this podcast's usual topics on its head i'm sure there are millions of people out there who would just who would feel this exact same way about metal gear solid you know who say that you know oh yeah there you go there's a there's my example all right, yeah, you know that that uh, <laughs> where, where feels about it. If anything, I mean, Jim Jim hates the gameplay, but it loves the story. I mean, right. I've yeah. never I've never played a Metal Gear game, really. So I kind of have no fucking room to be talking about that. But it's it's never been something that made me like, oh man, I really have to play that. I just like it's there, and I appreciate it. And I I see what it does. I hear you guys talk about it. And I watch you know videos on it and whatever, and I appreciate what it does. I I respect it. But I just—it's not something that looks like it would interest me. That's kind of the way I feel about if we can end the conversation with this uh, sports games because I tried NHL 09. It did nothing for me. I tried so hard. To be fair, to be fair, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Like I can—I can look at screenshots from Madden or from whatever fucking insert three-letter acronym with the fucking year at the end of it. I don't know what this shit's called. But I see the screens and it, it sure it looks pretty, whatever, and you know, I hear Submit talk for hours <laughs> about, you know, the systems and what's changed and what you can do to this 
guy with the scrimmage and the fucking whatever you're fucking. <laughs> the guy with the fucking scrimmage and whatever the fuck, Jesus fucking Christ. We need to make like some sort I've of compilation so of the rest of us talking so about much this games. In Topher's voice before, like, and I've heard. <laughs> yeah, whatever that shit. But no, like, Summit and I were hanging out in New York a little while ago, and he was talking about how Madden '09 was different and what had changed since the previous one. And I listened to him, and I, I mean, I can appreciate all that. And if you're into that, hey, that's cool. But that shit's just not for me. You talk about it like it's fucking like furry bestiality or something. It's like shit. you it is. That. Like, it you, have is. A, you have a friend What's who's the difference? AKK or something. You know, he talks yeah. about ancient people, and I can I can respect that. That's that's what he likes to do. But you know, it's just not for yeah. me. It's just not for me. I'm just I'm just not that guy. <laughs> All right, submit. We had another question, I believe, that was emailed to us, right? God, how yes. did we manage to rip on submit during? <laughs> what the fuck? We're just we're to- that, terrible. Th- those, there were at least like one or two backhanded compliments in there, or at yeah. least admissions of his right rightness. There was somewhere in there. Hit that's that whole. Bit I just went through is the nicest I'm ever gonna fucking talk about sports games. So you yeah, that, that, be happy with I, I imagine that was pretty t- painful for Topher. <laughs> it's like pulling steel needles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, this is from Sean Dubs, and he asks: In Podtoid 109, at 52 minutes and one second, does Aaron Lindy orgasm? I did indeed. Um, we were talking about that before the show came on. I uh, I was trying to remember uh, the name of, of Koro Q or something, and to help jog my memory, I just touched myself inappropriately and thought about submit with boobs. There was a. Did you guys see Faust Knife Fights drawing this? Oh, week? Oh, oh God! Did we? The first, the first thing in a long line of things attempting to make it impossible for me to print it, to post it on the front page. This one actually managed to do it. It's Robert Patrick as the T1000 as a liquid bikini around its <laughs> supple, shining body. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, Phallus Knife Fight, thank you for ruining my chance at ever, ever sustaining an erection again. Yeah, I, there was a little I, bit know, of edge there. I don't ever that. really need oh, to yeah, have sex. Oh, yeah, there was. Ever, so. <laughs> there, there was, there was some, some camel a little too much detail in there. There was definitely from, from camel too. Comfort there. zone. There's like, it's, it's, it's like the point where you go, Geez, okay, how much of this is like him trying to just be funny, and like how much of this is him really wanting to see this? Like, there's just, <laughs> there's just that, that, just brief yeah. of that. <laughs> Uh, like, there's a bit of um, we'll call it an indentation, yeah, around the uh, crotchal. Mm. I'll call it a fucking vagina shadow because that's yeah, <laughs> it's it's vagina. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, if this sounds like your cup of tea, you can go to www.destructoid.com/forum. Yeah, join the forums, guys. To see more submits. <laughs> <laughs> come see submits vagina. <laughs> uh, were there any others, or was that it from the email squad? Submit. Submit. I think he died. All right. Yeah. Well, Madden. Here we go. I took care of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll just go on to the regular ones I had then. Uh, I have to say, this is not a question, but one of the coolest things that happened was because, you know, this week was supposed to be Double Dragon Toid, and someone made an account and just called <laughs> Robert Patrick and gave him a picture of Robert Patrick, and he said, This does not please me. And that's all he said. <laughs> the first, the first last done, comment by, that, by the person who made that account, and that was really cool, I thought. I love it when people do shit like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Los255 asked, which game from any console would you like to play but can't because the game is extremely rare or extremely expensive on eBay? Uh, uh, Intelligent Cube on the uh, original PlayStation. I don't know if it's still terribly rare. Um, can't you download that? It's, that I don't Japanese, think it's on, a, it's on, on PSN, PSN yet. I think, I think it's on the Japanese PSN. Oh. 
Yeah, I need to do that or look into that or something because I've been wanting to play that game forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I want to say Radiant Silvergun, but Hito has a copy of that, and I can go over his house and play it whenever I want, so that doesn't really... I don't live next to Hito, so I can say Radiant Silvergun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that shit's I, like I mean, $240 or something on eBay. Really? Yep. Oh. This yep. was a... Is that too much to admit? Uh, I I would say so. Well, is, is this a Dreamcast game originally, or what? It's Saturn. a Saturn game. Saturn, okay. Shit, you I'm talking about an unopened cap- original fucking, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. There's the whole collector thing that goes into that, too. So. Mm-hmm. There's um, a buy it th- now for 200 right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, shit. Um, th- this isn't really... I- I'm kind of just using this question as a jumping-off point to talk about the Sports. last week, but but no, no, no. Uh, well, actually, technically, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, before you jump off, I want to play a brand new copy of Steel Battalion. With oh the, yeah, the that's oh, oh yeah. Always <laughs> wanted one. to do that, man. But you know, that's, that's a lot of. Money. I have. I actually have a really funny story about that that I can tell in like ten seconds. So my friend had a uh, um, a, a copy of Steel Battalion and um, and the controller. And I borrowed it from it for a while, and I was like, and I went through hell to get this to play because my the hard drive or not the hard drive, the, uh, the DVD drive in my Xbox wasn't working anymore. So, ten, I bought fuck you, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, so I bought um I uh, I bought and uh, like another fucking Xbox and like took the 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 drive laser out of that one and re and put it into my fucking old one because my old Xbox is. Uh, modded, so I wanted to play that on my fucking Xbox, and uh, and I wanted to fix that anyway. So I went through all this hell to do it, and then uh, like as it turns out, the when you have a uh, soft modded Xbox, the there's a controller button combo that will reset the Xbox no matter where you are. It's like left, right, and then black and select or something like that. Black and back, and uh, you hit all those <laughs> at once. Yeah, black and, black back. and back. That's right. Hell Fair. yeah! It's like a fucking it's like a fucking buddy uh, buddy cop comedy. Um, <laughs> you play an AC song backwards. <laughs> so you hit all those and it resets it. As it turns out, the uh, the Steel Battalion controller, the start button, which actually starts up the fucking mech, emulates that combination of buttons on the oh, no. So every time oh. I would hit start on the fucking... And I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. Like, there was some any file I had to edit to turn that off. So I had it. I had it for two glorious weeks, and all I could do is look at it in my fucking living room and not play it. And you know there was like there was at least a couple moments where you're like you know what maybe maybe this time it'll just work and like you did it again just well, I know, like, to make absolutely sure I bought a non-modded Xbox to fix my Xbox and rather than just I could have just hooked that one up and played it because I didn't anticipate the problem but instead I tore that one apart I literally tore it apart getting it open um, and just wrecked it to get the uh, the the lens out of it to put into my modded Xbox. So have you still never played Steel Battalion? I've still never fucking played it. Oh man! Well, you still, you've you gotten still closer than most people. <laughs> That's true. All right. Um, no, my my story will also be quick. Um, so uh, as uh, you guys all yeah. see, okay. see the rest of us were thinking that, but we have the. We, we thought, no, but maybe give it a chance this one time. So Sorry. so as you as you all know, uh, NHL ninety five on the Sega Genesis holds a very special place. <laughs> <laughs> Please go ahead. Please go ahead. Despite my uh, cackle after. <laughs> um, 
it's you know it's a it's a game that I, I've written about on Destructoid. Um, if you haven't read it, it's an article called "The Start of the Affair," <laughs> Nitro '95. Um, uh, so you know, my brother and I used to play that all the time when we were kids. Um, and uh, you know, my my genesis. I listen to what this mean. Come on. My 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 genesis um. <laughs> Uh, broke shortly after you know we got a PS1 for Christmas '97, um, and you know I, I guess you know my, my mom got rid of it or we sold the shit to Funko Land or you know something like that. Um, and and uh, anyway, uh, Dyson, uh, who is the host of Retro Go, um, Dyson had been uh, looking for NHL '95 or a copy on the Genesis for for a long time. Um, you know, and he'd sort of told me about it, and I was like, oh, cool. I mean, you know, if you find one, that's that's great. Um, so so he did find one. Um, finally, and uh, when I went to San Francisco this past Thursday for the Guitar Hero event, he uh, he gave it to me, and like just 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 to hold the the uh, the cartridge in my hands, and it was one of those the, all those uh, the EA Sports games back in the day where they had it was like the three by three cartridge that was uh, bigger, it, it was square yeah, instead of rectangular. Little, didn't it have the like the little the, yellow, the little, little yellow, yeah, thing on it. the lightning the lightning bolt sort of tab or whatever that thing Did was that on the side. Purpose or was that just like decorative? I, I've heard that it w- it had something to do with like the like there was an increased battery, like you know, for for saves on that thing or something like that. Like the no, battery last. No, no, because EA did that on all of their games, didn't they? Like, and there were there were plenty of games that had battery backup, like the Fantasy Star games that didn't have to do anything special like that. Okay, yeah, I, mean, okay, I, I thought mean, it was I, I thought it was some kind of licensing issue. It's it's possible. I I really don't know for sure, but but yeah. So uh, you know, I just wanted to really you know, thank Dyson for for giving me an Angel ninety five. And back to this question, uh, I have a I have a copy of Angel ninety five now, but I do not have a Genesis. On which to play it, so I'm pretty um, sure you can get those for like five bucks at a pawn shop. Yeah, man. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just. You, I just you could to buy really... a brand new fucking Genesis from uh, 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 in um, Brazil. They still sell new in Brazil. Some company bought bought the license to produce and and distribute Genesis uh, oh, in, in a bunch of Sega, like early generation Sega products. In so like really? they have. There's a version of the fucking yeah. It's really interesting. So um, I could use some controllers. Yeah. yeah. See now, I'd, now yeah. I've just got this image in my head, or I'm just picturing how awful NHL '95 would look on my uh, my HD TV on RF. <laughs> wasn't wasn't NHL '95 like uh, playable in, or am I thinking of Madden? It was one of the Madden games that had like Madden yeah, Madden or some shit. Madden NFL 2005, the collector's edition on PS2, which I still own actually, uh, had um, what they called like Madden Classic, which was basically Madden NFL '94 um, uh, playable. Uh, as sort of like you know a little bonus, um, yeah. I don't think that's ever been done with NHL. However, NHL 09 has NHL 94 controls for Anthony. If you want to, you know, do that. I might, I might, I might try it again just with the new controls, just as just to try real, real hard because I was getting my ass fucking handed to me. None of my shots went anywhere, even remotely. They could be even construed as even remotely close to a goal, and when it did, there was a goalie there. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> I went through all that effort, and there's still a dude there whose job it is to block the shot. Like, why don't I just... Why can't he just not be there? That's bullshit. I went through all this effort to get the fucking puck near the thing, and he's just there to, like, ruin me. It didn't feel fair. What we were talking about earlier before you came on cement was that there's a... Um, uh, th- that in the be a pro mode, that's where you go and stop the guy from coming into work that day. Like, you, you know, go to his house and fucking break his kneecap and shit. <laughs> <laughs> That would be interesting. I would like that. That would be kind of awesome. I might play that. Press X to jump out of the trash can. <laughs> That's sort of like, have yeah. you ever guys, I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, 
but this is a good video uh, suggestion for anybody who's listening who hasn't uh, seen it. But there's a picnic face sketch on YouTube called uh, NFL Crunch Time, where they're bas- they basically make fun of the fact that like sports games are trying to get more and more realistic and more and more unusual sort of game unrelated ways. And I don't want to spoil it, but just if you if you search picnic face crunch time in YouTube or something, then you'll see it, and it's actually really really funny. But next question. Um, do, do, do. I say, I say, had a had a, a seagull punt uh, that was uh, allegedly supposed to be read in a Billy Mays voice. Is anybody good at doing Billy Mays? Um, I can. Tr- well, yeah, I vote for Lindy. Yeah, no, just, but but just, then that violates my that violates the seagull puns rule, and I can't do that. So I'm it's sorry, not. Well, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a maze pun now. It's in memory of him because we didn't really do anything in memoriam apart from like naming a an episode after him. All right. Well, the <laughs> thing is, if I'm going to do this, fun of him for twenty minutes. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to be screaming, so I'm going to have to um, close the window here. You do what you okay. Have I have to see if I can conjure up Billy Mays from this, the dead. This this sentence is kind of weirdly structured to make the pun work, so you're going to have to read it over a couple times for it to make sense. Yeah, yeah. While you're doing that, I'm going to ask the next question. And then when you're ready, you just interrupt me, okay? Okay. <laughs> so Corjax wanted to know, what are your best deaths you've ever had in a video game? Deaths that were awesome, hilarious, fun, intense, or emotionally gripping. In other words, any time where losing was memorable enough to talk about on a podcast. Have you guys ever like actually had fun dying? Okay, hold up. I'm going to have to interrupt you right now. This pun is almost too well disguised to, to sound out. Really? Like, like his, the thing about the seagull voice is that with the seagull voice, you can really kind of ham it up. Mm-hmm. But with, with the Billy Mays voice, I'm going to be screaming, and it's not going to make any sense. So we need to draw, a, uh, we need to draw the line somewhere. Okay. Why don't well, you just, because just... we built it up, why don't you just yell it, and then, you know, the, the integrity of the... Any uh, sports like... topics by cement will make the rest of the crew mad in ten seconds or less, guaranteed! <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was fantastic. Great. That, was that was not good. bad at all. Yeah. And I think with the new news that he had, like, a bunch of drugs in his system, like, this is, this is, a, this is a new way of paying homage to him by having, like, a barely cohesive... Seagull pun <laughs> done in Aaron Lindy's like, voice. In his, in his final hours, was just making really shitty puns about stuff, and then just, <laughs> just uh, something about Madden is going to be awesome. Uh, you guys see this new car phone mount? <laughs> <laughs> Give me more fucking dopamine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, any deaths? Anything? Have you have you guys ever had like a, like an enjoyable death that you actually laughed at and didn't get frustrated by? Rainbow Six yeah, the, for me. Rainbow Six. I'm trying to think. It's the second one for the original Xbox. Uh, I don't think it was just Rainbow Six Two. Maybe it was Black Arrow, right? But anyway, it has uh, floppy bodies, right? So anytime you got a, anytime you stepped on a remote charger or claymore, your body would just you know turn to jello. Uh-huh. And we'd get you would uh, fall on top of objects and hang off them like stairways and just all kinds of odd things. Get blown up into uh, rooftops. Mm-hmm. That was always fun. And he would like grip, like I don't know why, but they would like grip with their arms as they're dead. Hang on, stuff. Mm-hmm. I had something like that with um, my friend Justin, who, if you if you watch Hey Ash, what you playing at all? He played Vamp in the uh, the most recent episode, but he was playing uh, MGS4 actually this past week with me for the first time, and he was he's one of those guys who like who like sort of yells stuff at the screen as he's playing just to be like, yeah, bitch, what? Uh, you know, even though you're only playing against an AI, and 
So he, 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 he's incapable of playing stealth, so he's shooting his way through the entire game, like, brutally murdering. You know that one area where there's all these, like, wounded militia soldiers that you're supposed to, like, befriend and, like, sneak past so you'll, like, get them on your good side later on? Justin, like, executed every single one of them just for being injured and, like, is a, is a monster when it comes to games. But he was, he was in this really gung-ho attitude, and he got to the laughing octopus fight. It was like, yeah, bitch, what's going on? And then the very second the fight started, she hit him with a grenade, and Snake's body just flew up, hit, like, literally hit the roof of the room that they were in <laughs> and landed back down like in this weird angle where like his ass like his 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 like head and shoulders <laughs> were on the floor and his ass was like stuck on this like stool and was just straight up in the air and his like legs were almost behind his head in the, like, <laughs> the most prone position of like helplessness and stupidity ever and just justin literally just like put the controller down and just like stared at him and like let the rest of the fight go on like that like he refused to get him back up because it was so perfectly like comically timed he's like nope that's how it has to be <laughs> Anybody um, else? Um, the the Metal Slug series, the death animations in that game are so cool. You just can't get mad at it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's when you're fat and you get shot. Don't you explode from the belly outward or whatever? Like you, yeah, you pop like a balloon. Or yeah, a bubble. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any any time you die in that game, it, it nine times out of ten it looks pretty awesome. Especially if you're in one of the altered forms. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind at all the first time I got my head cut off in Resident Evil Four. Because at the time, that was the coolest fucking thing I'd ever seen in a video game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was the most single most graphic fucking thing I had ever seen. Um, and it was so unexpected. Because, like, uh, I, what, I was so overwhelmed when I first played it. Because like I, 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 I think I mentioned this before, but I didn't, I didn't actually play Resident Evil 4 until, like, maybe a month or two after it came out. Like, uh, for some reason, I decided to wait on that. I think I was just too poor. Um, but... Uh, so, like, I was over at a friend's house playing it, and I'm just like, oh, whatever, I'll give this shit a shot, whatever. And I'm playing the first bit of it, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool, and I'm just, like, getting into it and such. And then the first uh, the first scene, um, uh, the first little town that you come into, I was so overwhelmed and so freaked out and so tense. That's one of my favorite memories of gaming ever, is that playing that part for the first time because I was so fucking terrified. And so my hands were sweating. I was just like, oh my god, Jesus fuck. My friends are all laughing at me because I'm freaking out like a little bitch. <laughs> and then I hear, I hear, you know, the chainsaw going. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, ha, 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 You'll find out, Lindy. Ha ha. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I turn around just to see him swing and just to see it cut into my head. And, and I'm like, oh my god. And I was like so happy because it was... <laughs> I died and I had lost, but it was like a release of the tension. I was just like, "Oh Jesus, thank Christ! That's thank, <laughs> thank God it's over." And it was also like, like just the coolest thing I'd ever seen up to that point. It was so great. And, and usually, the- anything that anything that uh, anything where ragdoll physics and co-op come come into play together usually results in some pretty awesome. Like uh, <laughs> like when Lindy and I played Crackdown, and I think <laughs> oh, we like, did Rocket Tag. Kicked me off a building or something. It took me like thirty-five seconds to hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I, I remember I, I kicked off a building and then I tried to see if I could race you down. <laughs> <laughs> I kicked you in the ass off the top of a building and then I just leapt and tried to see if I could hit the ground before you did. Yeah, and then there's rocket tag where you run away from each other and the other guy's got a rocket launcher and you <laughs> you can't get mad at stuff like that. It's just too no. fun. I think, I think rocket tag is better than like literally everything else in Crash. Oh, it is. It totally is. Questionably. But I actually have a, I have another Justin story about that Resident Evil thing. Like I'm not even an interesting person. Everything I, that's cool about me I got from Justin. But um, 
we were playing Resident Evil 4, and Justin is also, like, in addition to being a person who will kill innocent people and then, like, just, like, make really, uh, like, no emotion in his voice, just a bit, yeah, whatevs, just really, like, laughably just not care about morality. Um, <laughs> like, he'll, it was, it was, uh, this is unrelated. Up, he was, man, I don't even give a fuck. He was man. literally playing uh, GTA 4 one time, and I was like, okay, so there's all this stuff you can do, you can do these missions, and the first thing he did was just grab a helicopter and aim the, the rotors down and just start killing civilians, like, for no reason. I was like, why, what, why? And he's like, well, if they run, they're cowards, and I'm doing the world of favor by getting rid of them if they stay and fight then it's self-defense and it's okay and like with no emotion in his voice whatsoever he's, he's, he kind of he plays that way with just no emotion or whatever and we were playing resident evil 4 for the first time and uh we were in the exact level that you're talking about lindy with the, the chainsaw guy and everything like that and he he shoots a bunch of people like yeah bitch what 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 and then like kills all these people and then turns around and the chainsaw guy gets him and you know saws his head off violently and there's just this moment of silence as the game over screen comes up and he goes Guys, I beat the game. And we were like, what? And he, he, just, he was just so, like, completely, like, it didn't even sound like a joke. Like, he was almost literally convinced that he just beaten the game. And that was the end of the game because it says, like, game over or whatever. He's like, it's okay, guys. I won. <laughs> His, like, limp stump of a head is fucking spurting liquid. Um, I, I have, um, two. Uh, well, it's funny because you guys have both mentioned Resident Evil 4. I, I have one that's related to Resident Evil or from Resident Evil 4. So, I, you know, I've never played the game myself, but uh, I was... Watching well, when I was friends. playing NFL 2004, I got tackled by a guy once. And <laughs> dude, <it's so> epic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh god, I feel terrible. <laughs> you guys just can't stop that shit. It's like an addiction. <laughs> hey, you um, were screaming at him at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and then yeah, it like you were really upset. I, I screamed at him in a curtail. Like, it's would you would submit rather be screamed at once or like niggled consistently for two hours? <laughs> <laughs> um, so so anyway, I was I was watching uh, a friend play Resident Evil, and um, he was playing it for the first time, and a- another friend had already played it, and so it was the part where uh, there's the lake monster or whatever, um, and so you know of course he's like, yeah, d- don't dude, don't don't shoot the water, <laughs> and obviously he shoots the water, and then because I had I had never seen it before, and so the two of us, the guy who's playing and me, just like oh god. What happens when you yeah. shoot the water? I didn't know that you weren't supposed to. Um, the the monster, it's an instant death. Like, the monster just, like, uh, comes out, like, you just see, like, a tentacle come out and fucking, it just kills you. I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Wait a minute, like, you um, shoot the water with a firearm as opposed to using the harpoon? Yeah. What? Yeah. Huh. Um, this is, uh, if you, yeah, I think it was, it was like, if you, yeah, you had, you had a gun, I guess. You were making this up. <laughs> no, I'm I'm serious. Hey, did you get? Did you just get irritated that like Topher jumped on you for the sports thing? You're like, okay, I got to change the story from what it originally was because it was actually. No, no, no. Thing. I mean, I like I remember watching this. This is from, this is from Resident. Evil. It's in Resident Evil Four. Is it when you're on? Is it when you're on the boat or is it when you're the on the thing? shore? No, no, you're on the shore. It's what's the Del Lago? That's what it's called, right? Um, I guess I don't know. Yeah, so you're you're on no, you're on the shore, and before I guess before you get in the boat, I, I think if you if you hit the water before you get in the boat. That, I didn't that, know that. That's kind of cool, actually. That happens. Yeah, it's an instant death. Um, so, like, the the, he, uh, the friend who was playing, and I just, like, freaked the fuck out, because it was just... And, of course, the other guy's just, you know, howling, laughing, like, doubled over. Um, and the second one, in terms of, like, just hilarious deaths, um, I could probably come up with, a, a you know, like, just a bunch were flung through my head from, from GTA games, but I remember this one in GTA 3, where, um, you know, there's the... the, the uh, the first island, I guess, is like there's you know that sort of edge along the water, and I remember like I was uh, I, w- I was being chased um, by a cop car, and um, 
I was heading toward the water, and my, my car was on fire. So uh, I bail out of the car, or I guess it would have had to, it would have had to have been Vice City, because I, I don't remember if you could bail in GTA 3. Anyway, so I bail out of the car, um, and, you know, the, the flaming car goes into the water, and I'm like, whew, okay. And as soon as I, like, pick myself up off the ground, the, co- the cop car just runs me over. <laughs> um, so that was, I don't know, it just stuck out in my mind. <laughs> that was... We love you, Smith. I think we broke Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Is he crying? I think he's crying. It's the last fucking time I try to talk about games. Last fucking time. I'm laughing at you. You know what would help, man? We'll get you some protein shakes. We'll start hitting the gym. I'll fucking make fun of you. I'm laughing at Submit explicitly. <laughs> I just love our our silent pact. Which is as quiet as possible without saying anything to each other. <laughs> like it was just the immediate reaction. So so is there is is, is uh, Anthony's mom on the podcast now? I hear I hear oh, oh, <laughs> I've never heard Anthony laugh that hard before. <laughs> the fact that he still he I'm sounds te- I'm tearing yeah. up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was- I, I seriously, like, in all honesty, I feel compelled to apologize. I'm sorry we've been such masters to you this podcast and, and previous podcast. I don't know how it happened. Usually, I'm the bitch of the crew, and maybe we'll get back to that sometime. But, but I feel really bad for that. I mean, I feel really good about what just happened. I thought that was a great, unbelievably well coordinated, somehow by the grace of God, thing that just happened. I thought it was magical, but. At the same time, I, I, I do feel bad. I'm sorry. Uh, well, that wraps it up for Podtoid 1. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, next week, if, if everybody's back... We'll I, I don't do... think that's possible. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, next week, if everybody's back, we'll do Double Dragon. In the meantime, try to find a way to rent it or not torrent it or whatever. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> 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 you know, keep keep playing GTA three, kids. Uh, <laughs> Here's a, pub, a public service announcement: Madden NFL ten is out on Friday, August fourteenth. Oh god! Uh, then the laughter stops. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> I I wish. I, I wish the only reason I wish I hadn't left is just to see how long that could have possibly gone. <laughs> like if nobody had said anything, would that have gone on for literally like ten minutes? <laughs> why, why didn't you guys just mute yourselves? I, I just it didn't occur to me. Like it, I was so stuck in the moment. It was like because it was like the somebody second like that a, Anthony started, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't make it to the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching a car crash or something. You was just like frozen and like didn't know what to do. Like I couldn't make it to the mute button to think this would be a I good was, thing. 
No, you know what the funny thing was? The whole time I was waiting, Anthony, for you to say fair enough, but it wasn't coming, and I'm just like, just say it! Just fucking say it! (laughs) (laughs) You sounded like... Say something, please! You you just sounded like the little thing on Jabba the Hutt's tail. (laughs) (laughs) Say it! (laughs) (laughs) I I felt it in my bones. Laughed that hard before ever, like anything. There, that's that's what was perfect about that is that I can I can laugh just a little bit harder, but when I do, my whole body actually goes stiff and I go catatonic and I start just like my body just tremors and like shakes and like if you ask Ashley Davis about it, she could tell you. But like that was the loudest I could. That was that was that that was the best I can possibly laugh and still have it be audible without me literally falling off my chair and just tremoring and making it look like I had a heart attack. That was that was perfect for the podcast. Oh man, I'd pay for that shit. That was good. I'd hire somebody to come over and make me do that once a day. Ben, I, I seriously am sorry. Really, I, I, I'm so sorry. I really am. I, on the other hand, would like to thank you. <laughs> I thought it was a good story for what it's worth. I don't believe tremor is a verb. Just, I can't? I can't tremor? It's a noun? Tremble. Well done. Well done. And I didn't... I, I thought... Okay. I didn't mean to like sound like I was legitimately mad at you at the beginning of the show. That was not my intent. My intent was to go so loud that it became obviously over the top, but evidently I have a... No, no, but like, yeah, for a minute there, I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. No, I did That <laughs> was not... That, I wasn't... Yeah, was that, like, I'm very bad yeah, at... Yeah, it's sort of like... It sort of like set a tone for me that like every time we made a joke at Smith's expense, I felt just fucking terrible. I'm like, because I, I was like, you know, the joke's gone on a bit too far. Oh, oh God, oh God, what did I just say? Oh Jesus! No, yeah, I, I honestly did not mean that to come out that way at all. It was meant to be. Oh, so. but see, see, then you're, you're ruining Lindy's fun by by uh, crossing the line there because then Lindy couldn't enjoy himself. He was yeah, that's worried. Well, maybe maybe it was better for you in the long run then because now I'm making Lindy think twice. Yeah. You say that as if I'm the fucking worst. (laughs) (laughs) And I was was screaming at him that every story he told was stupid and then he'd shut up. (laughs) Oh, that is what the story was. I didn't even realize that. We have a really nice balance. At the beginning of the episode, I say that he doesn't tell good stories. And at the end... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I I can't wait to listen to that tomorrow. I'm Uh, at least glad that I got my uh, my Dyson shout-out in because I wanted to do that. Because... Dyson That's is awesome. That he got that for you. That's really nice of him. Yeah, yeah. Is that like uh, terrifically difficult to find? Like, uh... I mean, it's a it's a Genesis copy of NHL '95. It's certainly not something you can go buy at your local GameStop. You know? Yeah. Really. Um, and you know, Funko Land obviously doesn't exist anymore. So. Yeah, that brought back memories when you said Funko Land. Yeah. The fun- oh uh, God, Funko Land. When I got a PS1, I remember, like, going to Funkland with my mom and my brother, and we, like, traded in, like, I think all of our Genesis games. I remember getting, like, you know, 50 cents for, like, Madden 96 or something, or, like, you know, $2 for, for Aladdin. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest fucking... Yeah, that's, that's fucking robbery right there. Wait, so what is a Funko Land? I grew up in Vincent's, Indiana, so... It's just it's a me. shitty new and used game store. Okay, I always went to a KB toy store. In a big town near me. Too. Yeah, we had we had a kid. Yeah. Well, and there, there was also Babbage's uh, around us. Um, the badges. 
I had, I had a Babbage's until a month ago. That's when our last one closed down around here. Oh, wow. Babbage's used to sell those, like, Gundam snap kits. Those little mini Gundam snap kits. Did they? Yeah, because I remember going to Detroit and buying some. Because I was visiting my didn't Babbage's get Didn't Babbage's get swallowed up by GameStop? That's what I thought, because I feel like all the ones around me turned into... GameStops or or electronics boutiques or you know, yeah if you if you search for game or if you search for Babbage's on Wikipedia it redirects you to GameStop. <laughs> oh, there wow. you go. Yeah. What a bummer. Yeah, but f- yeah, Funk- I remember Funkland as being like the place to to trade in. Oh, things. okay. So GameStop was or Babbage's was originally what eventually became GameStop. So this is it. Okay, uh, Babbage's. Uh, opened up in Dallas, Texas in 1984, uh, merged with Babbage's, or wait, uh, Babbage's merged with Software Etc. in 1994, and then Funko Land in 2000, and then uh, Electronics Boutique in 2005. So, there you go. Cool. Okay. Alright, guys. Well, I gotta go entertain some guests, but you were great, obviously. Brad, you were you were less talkative than usual. I hope we didn't scare you. No, no, I was afraid to uh, to talk over anyone. To be honest, usually I take my cue from Jim when he's making fun of a bicep or something. Like I'm oh, like, yeah. all right, it's my turn. <laughs> I wasn't so sure. I didn't want to fuck up your flow, man. No, no, no. Okay. Please interrupt us. All. We we've just we talk over each other. There's no system. We just begin. Yeah. Not that we don't give yeah. a shit what each other thinks, so we just talk over one another, and it's fine. We forget. That's why I just said. Later. That's why I said Brad talk more in the chat because Uh-oh. I can't. Little <laughs> known fact. <laughs> this is the only thing that Brad can't do. He can punch out God, and if he feels like getting slurpy, <laughs> he can grab the sidewalk and pull a Seven Eleven to him. But he can't be mean to people. On a random note, who the hell calls ragdoll physics floppy bodies? I've never. Heard of it. <laughs> I think that was adorable. That's I didn't like, correct him because I thought it was cute. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a cute way of putting that. Uh, putting that. <laughs> It's like it's like the other day, uh, Ashley Davis referred to the Lord of the Rings MMO as hobbits. She's like, I'm playing hobbits. Does <laughs> she oh, like it? By the way? That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Uh, Brad wants to know if you like uh, hobbits. <laughs> yeah. She says, yeah. Good, good. I, I figured that might be torture, but no, I've heard it called floppy bodies before. I'm not insane. By who? Dude, <laughs> by people deep in the industry that. Tells <laughs> <you>. <laughs> this is like. This is like fucking Bobby Kodak stuff. <laughs> like, dude, that's floppy bodies. I was like, all right, Mr. Kodak. What are the two things you want to do today? A, raise the price of all games. B, more floppy bodies. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. That's, right, the, okay, that's, well, that's the name for the podcast. That's it. That's, it's episode yeah. one. Floppy bodies. It's yeah. done. <laughs> all right. Well, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you very much all for right. showing up on short notice, Brad. Oh, oh yeah. Thanks, well. Brad. We appreciate it. <clears throat> You guys have a great night. It was wonderful. You too. Yeah, you too, man. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye. Later.